Chapter 108, Lauca National Park, Chile. Search for the white-tailed shrike tyrant. The Chilean immigration was much more organized than in Bolivia. The German immigrant personality seems to have rubbed off on the immigration officers. I was one of the first through, so I had ten minutes to walk to the lake behind the offices and look for some birds. About thirty minutes further along I got dropped off the bus at a turn-off for Parinacota, a small village within the Lauca National Park at an altitude of 4,400 metres. There were two really tall gringos stood there. They were from Slovakia. One of them seemed nice, but the other one was a bit weird. I knew it was four kilometres to town and wanted to walk. They seemed very surprised and thought that they would wait for a lift. Then one of them started going on about wanting to hike to the top of a mountain nearby. If they couldn't walk four kilometres downhill, I wasn't sure they were going to be able to get up a mountain. It was a pleasant walk into the village, and I started seeing a few high-elevation species. I saw black-headed sierra finches by the side of the road, and looking up onto the craggy areas, I spotted a plain-breasted earthcreeper with its long curved bill. When I arrived in a pretty little village, a woman walked right up to me and asked if I needed somewhere to stay. It was a little more than Bolivia, but cheap for Chile, at about five dollars. It was a shared room with two beds, and an adjoining room with another three. The room next door had a couple curled up in bed with each other to keep warm. I had a little chat with them. The guy was German and the girl from the States. They'd been teaching English in the city of Concepcion in the south of Chile for ten months and were travelling for a bit before going home. They showed me down to a lake nearby with a couple of tables overlooking it. It was very pretty, but it started to rain, so we went back to the Aloamiento to take cover. When it stopped again, I went to check out a hill behind town where there was a little river that went through an area of cushion plant bog, the habitat for one of the birds I was looking for, the diadem sandpiper plover. It wasn't there, but I did see the slaty-grey white-throated sierra finch. I'd bought some rice with me, as I'd heard that there was no food to be had in town, but since I couldn't bring any vegetables or meat across the border with me, it was pretty dull, with just a bit of soup powder mixed in. The night got really cold and I got inside my sleeping bag, under two blankets and also threw my coat over the top for good measure. I read for a bit, but the hand holding the book quickly froze, so I gave up on that and got an early night. With the cold, my nose got stuffed up during the night. I slept badly and woke with a sore throat. I saw light creeping in the window behind the curtains, so forced myself out of bed at 7.30am. It seems late, I know, but this is just 6.30 over the border in Bolivia. I wanted to say bye to the couple, but they'd already left. I trudged along the road back towards the highway. There were two roads out, the upper one that I'd come in on yesterday, and a lower one that I walked this morning. A really plain grey bird called a white-tailed shrike tyrant had been seen along here. It looks pretty similar to other more common shrike tyrants, but for more white in the tail and a different bill. Also, this one is super rare. After just half an hour, I flushed a bird from a rock, and as it flew, I saw all its outer tail feathers were white. Shit, was that it? I followed it over the rocky hills, which it liked to perch on, and got a better look, and it was indeed the bird I was looking for. I got a photo, but not a very good one, and then it was gone. A grey bird in a grey, rocky landscape. I'd never find it unless it flew. I gave up pretty soon and started exploring the bright green meadows and bogs below. The scenery was awesome, with two snow-covered volcanoes in the background. I was looking for another super rare but slightly more attractive bird, probably one of the most sought-after birds in South America, 
the near-mythical diadem sandpiper plover. I trudged all around the bog in search of it with no luck. On the way back, an immature puna hawk glided overhead. I was cold and tired when I arrived, and I made myself a piping hot cup of chamomile tea. The couple told me that there was an old woman in town who sold vegetables. After yesterday's bland dinner, I was keen to liven up tonight's meal a bit. I asked the old-timer on the plaza in his little shop where the old biddy was. It turned out to be his wife, and he directed me to his house. Not a very big place, Parinacota. Albertina sold me a few carrots, tomatoes, and onions, pretty cheap. I had a bit of a rest at midday and headed out again, this time up to a series of lakes a few kilometers away. Here it seemed to rain almost every afternoon, and as I got further and further away, the skies got darker with rain clouds. I didn't want to get wet through at this altitude and in this cold, and luckily it didn't rain. I reached a lake at the top that had a few Chilean flamingos, plus a few Andean avocets dressed in black and white with ridiculous upturned bills. It was getting late and I didn't want to take any more risks than necessary, so headed back. The rain came down just as I got back into the house. My vegetable rice was pretty bland, but a huge improvement on the night before. No new people had turned up in the room, so I read my book until my hands were freezing, and then I went to sleep, covered in as many blankets and clothes as possible. I was lovely and warm in the morning, and it was difficult to drag myself out of bed. I walked down the river and explored the bogs all the way down. I hadn't bought any food for breakfast and was absolutely starving. Not a great thing to be at 4,400 metres. I planned to cut across the green meadows to the town of Chukuyo on the highway. I saw a few good birds, some different from the previous day, but still no sandpiper plover. What a relief it was to get to the little town and find a restaurant. I asked what they had to eat and the old woman replied, Alpaca con arroz. Alpacas are these lovely fluffy miniature llamas. I was too hungry to be sentimental though. I had a nice sweet fizzy drink too and was all set for another bout of high-altitude hiking. I headed through more meadows down the valley. These dried up and the surroundings became very different. There were some saline lakes further down where I found a few of the rare Andean flamingos. I walked all the way to the police checkpoint another four kilometres distant. There were a few houses here too and a couple of ferocious dogs. As one started running and growling at me, I picked up a rock and pretended to throw it. It soon lost courage and went off whimpering. There were no decent bogs here, so I felt I'd exhausted all the possibilities and started heading back, this time along the main road. There were some nice little black siskins perched on a rock by the roadside, and they flew off twittering when I got too close. The skies were starting to darken, and I felt maybe today I wouldn't be quite as lucky with the rain. They got darker, and bolts of lightning started flashing around me. Was this the way I was going to go? It was obviously a problem around here as everyone had a big 10-metre lightning rod next to their house. I looked around and saw myself towering above the few worried-looking alpaca nearby. Just 200 metres to go. A lightning bolt cracked down five metres in front of my face. I froze. I'd never been that close. Why it hadn't struck me, I have no idea. I got back just as there was a huge crack of thunder and a heavy hailstorm started. I was glad to be alive and certainly didn't fancy going out again. I spent the rest of the afternoon chatting to the three little kids in the house and reading my book until it was time for another vegetable rice surprise, the surprise being that I'd run out of soup powder and it was even blander than yesterday. The next day I decided to have one more search before leaving. 
I walked out of town the other way and checked some bogs, but with no luck. I'd really searched thoroughly for the sandpiper plover, and it didn't want to be found. I'd look for it in Peru instead. There was a nice lake just outside of town, and I decided that before I left I'd take a few photos there. Several silvery grebes seemed to be nesting, whereas the giant coots already had these little fluffy black chicks. I went back and ate the leftovers from last night's rice, washed down with a nice sweet piping hot chamomile tea. I packed, said bye to the woman who ran the place, and the old couple on the plaza, and walked the four kilometres down the road. With my 30 kilogram backpack, it was really tough, and I walked nice and slowly. I hadn't showered in more than three days, as there was no hot water, but it was only once I was on the bus that I noticed how bad I smelled. I got used to paying almost nothing for bus rides in Bolivia, but the guy charged me a thousand pesos, almost two dollars for a half-hour ride, which I thought was a bit steep. Putre was another town off the highway. I got dropped off at the junction, and rather than waiting around for a bus that might never come, I started walking. At least I could see some birds. It was lower down here, a mere 3,500 metres, but the four-kilometre walk, mainly uphill, was still exhausting. I walked to a hostel signed on the road, but they were full up. I found a nice cheap place, though, on the very small main street. On the roofs, male morning Sierra finches were in full song. The first thing I wanted to do, of course, was to have a nice hot shower followed by a nap, and it was lovely. I woke later and poked my head out of the door into the courtyard. The air was filled with thick fog, which rather put a damper on my plans of birdwatching in the afternoon. In the evening, I went to look for a cheap restaurant. It was more expensive than I'm used to paying, but the soup actually had meat in it and the pasta had some taste, so I suppose you get what you pay for. I spent the morning birding in a river valley about one kilometre from town. It was supposed to have some excellent birding, but I found it pretty poor. Still, it was very picturesque with cacti dotting the valley. I went back and bought my bus tickets, leaving at 2pm. I seemed to be seeing more birds within the town itself and saw a nice bare-faced ground dove sitting on another roof. I went to see an American woman who lived in town called Barbara Napton, who's a professional bird guide and an authority on the birds in northern Chile. She was very friendly and gave me some good advice on where to find birds near Arica. I said goodbye and thank you to her and rushed off for my bus. <laughs>